Good morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. Today is Communion Sunday, and uh, frankly, I cannot be more grateful. I awoke this morning at 4 o'clock and scanned the news while I was waiting for the coffee maker to slowly drip its uh, mother's milk into the pot. And as I was... uh, Waiting for the coffee to drip, I read the headlines, and I refreshed the page because I didn't think I read it right, and yes, sure enough, there was another uh, mass shooting last night. Uh, ten people dead in Dayton, Ohio at a, uh, at a nightclub. And so in the last 24 hours, you know, 30 people dead and some 50 wounded and several acts of gun violence. It could be any kind of violence. It just made me think, I am so glad I'm coming to the Lord's table today. I need the table. I need the comfort that this table provides you and me. I need the settledness that this table and meal provides when my life feels like it's bobbing up and down in chaotic whitewater. I need this meal that gives me hope to look forward to the time when violence of any kind will be nothing more than a sad recollection of the way things used to be. It gives me grounding and stability, this table, to remain steady and focused during the cultural earthquakes and politics, and culture, and illness, and scandals. Yes, today is Communion Sunday. And frankly, I cannot be more grateful. You see, our scripture this morning from Psalm 107 comes from the lips of a psalmist who has experienced difficulty and travail as well. And yet this psalm helps give you and me a model to follow in the midst of our swirliness, in the midst of waking up to the slow drip of coffee and flipping through the news and seeing there's more tragedy in the world. Our scripture from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9, and then again picking up at verse 43. um, Our psalm reminds us this morning of what's really crucial in our life. It helps us to focus on the majors and not the minors. And essentially what it tells us to focus on is that regardless of circumstance, whether it's hunger, thirst, bondage, whether it's illness, whether it's being stuck on the boat in chaotic waves of life, that God's steadfast love endures forever. Indeed, that's what this psalm is all about. Listen to the words of the psalmist, Psalm 107, 1 through 9 and verse 43. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from the east and west, north and south. Some wandered in the desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Oh, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Our psalm is one that focuses upon God's sustaining love in our lives in the world, even when we open the news and learn that 10 more people died from violence the night before. Psalm 107 is a Hebrew song that begins and ends with an ascription of praise for God's enduring steadfast love and grace. On the one hand, we, the psalm is bookended. One bookend is verse 1, and we hear how we are to give thanks to the Lord for his good and unmerited love and favor to us. And then in verse 43, the ending verse of Psalm 107, the wise are called to pay attention and ponder these things. That is the sustaining love from God. And as a reader of the text, we are asked and invited to answer the question, what are these things the psalmist is talking about? What are we to pay attention to? What is it we're to ponder? When news of El Paso and Dayton come to our attention, beloved, we learn the news of our loved one, It's like learning the news of our loved one of four decades has an incurable illness. When we hear news of tragedy like Dayton and El Paso, it reminds us that our joy of being pregnant is interrupted by the suffering of the hell of a miscarriage. You see, the psalmist is is asking us to do the counterintuitive thing in our psalm this morning. On the one hand, he invites us to ponder our difficult moments. And on the other hand, he's asking us to sit in the remembrance of God's steadfast love and mercy in the past. To reflect upon those expressions of grace from the past where God has shown God's faithfulness. Now, as we look at our psalm this morning, we need to realize that Psalm 107 has three other stanzas that deal with life's hardship. 
The stanza we read today dealt with the issue of hunger and thirst. The next stanza in the psalm that we did not read deals with being imprisoned and in bondage. The third stanza deals with um, being deathly ill. And then the fourth stanza right before verse 43 deals with being in the chaos waters of life, wondering, my God, and we are we going to survive? And in each of these crises, the psalmist gives you and me a way to respond to the crisis and disappointment. And we can see it in our text today, which is highlighted again in the rest, throughout the rest of the psalm. And it goes like this. First, the psalmist declares the presenting problem. Hunger and thirst. We are hungry. We are thirsty. We are wandering in the, in the desert waste places. We don't have a city or home. That's stating the problem. Secondly, the psalmist tells us how we turn this, the observation of that problem into a cry of help to God, a prayer. God, we are wandering in desert places. We're hungry and thirsty. Do something. The third thing we note is that God answers the prayer. And then the fourth thing we're reminded in our psalm is the flow in, in verse uh, 8 and 9. That after God answers the prayer, we are to pause, ponder, and give thanks to God for the deliverance in the midst of our trouble. The description of adversity crying out to God for help, a reminder that God answers prayers, and a call to remember God's faithfulness in the midst of our distress. This this four-point pattern repeats itself throughout this entire psalm in each one of the problems. Maybe we're to learn something from this. Jesus's, for example, let's look at Jesus' life as an example. Jesus' adult life was filled with conflict. It was filled with backstabbing. He had uh, friends let him down. It was full of gossip. It was full of violence. We see Jesus on the night that he was betrayed fall on his face in the garden of Gethsemane with bloody tears in his eyes expressing angst to the Father. Take this cup from me. I don't want it. God, you see what's going on around me. All the things are coming unraveled. God, take this cup from me. And even in that moment when Jesus is not able to see it, God is working out an answer to the prayer. Jesus is nailed to the tree. And from where we sit, we don't think that is answering prayer at all. But we see Jesus fall victim to a corrupt political, religious, and cultural system. And we wonder, God, have you ignored the cry of your boy? And we hear Jesus utter his last breath, it is finished. And then three days, because we know the rest of the story, 
we know he rises again. Death is defeated. And our Lord's Supper, our table fellowship this morning, our communion is our way of entering into that ancient story. When we eat the bread and drink of the cup, we add our voice to the pattern of the psalmist prayer in Psalm 107. Praising God for his steadfast love in spite of being nailed to a tree, in spite of a senseless death, in spite of a senseless illness or miscarriage, in spite of lost jobs or dashed dreams. In those moments of chaos, when we cry and help and wonder if our prayers are falling on deaf ears to God because we can't see the answer yet, we look through that through the pain of Jesus and we know that we will once again dine with the Lord at the table of enduring grace knowing that even in the chaos now, God is working out the answered prayer. And yet it takes discipline. It requires us to pay attention, as Jesus did. This morning, I invite all of us to approach the supper and participate in and experience the supper as a southern spiritual practice of pondering. Yes, a southern spiritual practice of pondering. Let me unpack that for you. Some of you might know and can tell I'm from Georgia. I'm a southerner. And with that comes baggage. I'll claim it. But in my southernness, I realize there is a spiritual gift of pondering that we in the South have developed. Some people don't understand it. When I was pastor at a church in Tacoma, Washington, um, I had a, an elder who was a superior court judge, federal judge appointed by Bill Clinton. And, and Judge Kelly looked at me one night at a dinner party and said, you know, preacher, I just don't like you Southerners. Well, thanks. Out of the blue. I said, well, Judge Kelly, I'm glad I'm not going to be appearing before your court. But Southerners are misunderstood. But things about the South I, that, 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 that I like and that remind me of the spiritual practice that we find today is the spiritual practice of pondering. In the South, we love our porches. We love our patios. We love to sit and just rock in the chair or sit on the settee and observe life. We love to hear the wind blowing through the pines and the oak. You see, we realize it's too hot to do anything because you get out there, you get hurt. You get sunburned. You get heat exhaustion. So we're going to sit and ponder on the porch and drink our tea. We smell the air. We hear the rain hit the roof. 
We feel the electricity buzz through the atmosphere in a thunderstorm. We're pondering. We're sitting on the porch, pondering. And it's this spiritual practice that I want us to reclaim as a spiritual practice for God, a pondering. It's that in the midst of whatever crisis we have, hunger, thirst, bondage, illness, chaos of life, that in the midst of this, that we ponder. That we stop. We remember how the Lord is working through the chaos even as we sit and think about it. In the midst of the current chaos we feel, we remember the Lord through the power of community, how God has answered those prayers in the past. God has promised through this meal to answer the problems of today. Beloved, we may not see God answering prayers in the midst of our turbulence and the chaos, hunger and thirst. We may not see it right away like Jesus did not see it in the Garden of Gethsemane that night when he was betrayed. And yet pondering is the practice by which we are called in our psalm today to do, to remember the story of God's enduring love in our lives in the past. Because we know that in the midst of the chaos of the now, God will sustain us in the future. The promise is that through consistent spiritual practice of pondering, particularly as we come to the meal, we will hear, see, experience the divine answers in our life. My friends, what ails you? What ails you? Hunger, thirst, are you in bondage to something or someone? Are you ill? Did life's chaos waters swirl around you and you wonder, how am I going to break out of this? Well, friends, we are called this morning to come acknowledge it, lift those in prayer to God, bring it to the table, and taste and see the Lord is faithful and will answer our prayer. Amen. Pray with me. Oh, gracious, loving God, as we come this day, we give you thanks for this meal, this feast of hope and love. Lord, we give you thanks that we are called to ponder and slow down, to taste, to see, to remember that the Lord is good.
And a steadfast love endures forever. Indeed, O Lord, let us be the wise one who reflect on these things in the midst of our current distress. Knowing that you will lead us by the hand to where we need to be. Spirit of God, come take this simple bread, this unfermented wine. Make them for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ. In ways we cannot imagine, lift us into the spiritual presence of Jesus at the heavenly banquet table. And there with the saints of heaven who have gone before us. Jesus looks at us in the eyes and says, Beloved, this is my body for you. Take and eat. This is my blood of the new promise that I will never leave you or forsake you. Take and drink. And through this meal, may we remember and know that your eternal love sustains us this day and forever. Oh, man.